Omicron. Omicron is here. The latest variant of the COVID-19 virus. It's here. Guaranteed to give you certain death? Well, no. Certain hospitalization? Well, no, not that either. Really, really bad symptoms? Uh, well, no, no, not that either. But it's going to make you really, really tired for like a day. <laughs> it's here, folks. Gen Xers, it is here. The latest variant of the COVID-19 virus is here. The Omicron variant is out there, and it is scaring the bejesus out of the world. Apparently, it's going to make you really tired for like a day. <laughs> Gosh. And, you know, I probably shouldn't be a bit surprised. You know, last week we talked about the encouraging sign of all of those protests around the globe. And they continued this past weekend, which was great. People standing up for their freedoms. They're tired of the lockdowns. They're tired of the restrictions. They don't want vax passports and, and so on. They want their freedom. And sure enough, probably should have should have called it out and you knew it was going to happen right when everyone's just about to rise up and say we've had enough. Now another variant is identified causing everyone to panic. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Rinse and repeat, huh? And this seems to be how it goes. Just like in the summer when things started to open up and everything looked like it was just about to to get back to normal then delta came and uh, and it was like a like a cold and now when people have had enough and they want their freedom back omicron comes and it's most likely to make you kind of tired for a day and most susceptible coincidentally enough are those who are age 29 and under one more reason for the powers that be to try to force kids to get vaccinated. I just don't get it. Now, in response, though, the Biden administration has taken the bold step of a travel ban against the countries of Botswana, Estonani, Listing, Malawi, Mozambique. Namibia, South Africa, and Zimbabwe. Now, I'm old enough to remember when travel variant, travel restrictions related to the COVID-19 virus was xenophobic and racist. Except in this case, apparently, it's just fine. Now, see, the weird thing about it is, unlike the Delta variant, which originated in India... This Omicron variant did not originate in South Africa. It was simply identified by a scientist and called out and published by a scientist based out of South Africa. Now, immediately, all the lion's share of the cases are coincidentally enough identified in South Africa. But it doesn't originate there. It was just identified there. So the likelihood that this variant is across the globe 
is very, very high. But for some reason, in this case, travel restrictions to the southern horn of Africa are the, the prudent measures to take. I now okay. I mean, I suppose, <laughs> but you know, it kind of makes you wonder if this gives a disincentive for countries in the future to call out any other types of variants or identify any other kinds of variants. If the, the reaction by the world community is going to be travel restrictions and sanctions, I don't know. Doesn't seem quite prudent particularly in light of the very nature of travel uh, travel restrictions being xenophobic and racist. So I don't know. We'll see how this one pans out. But I don't know. It, it, it does not seem like it's going to have the, the effect that I'm sure some would, would want it to. Now, about the variant, interestingly enough, you know, they name it Omicron, and that's because, from what I understand, they've been naming these in sequential order of the Greek alphabet, you know, the Delta variant and so on. And Although, in this case, the next sequential letter in the Greek alphabet is G. Z, I'm not sure exactly how you, you pronounce it. I'm, I don't speak Greek. But spelled X-I. <laughs> so they skipped over that <laughs> and named it Omicron. You know, Omega, meaning big, Omicron, o or Omicron, meaning small, Omega, big, Omicron, small. But G, in the natural uh, alliterative association with Xi Jinping in China, where this virus came from, they skipped over that and named it Omicron, which also, coincidentally enough, is an anagram for moronic. <laughs> Seems fitting to me. So that's, that's where we are. The madness just keeps going around, rinse and repeat. But I did see, which I thought was kind of uh, encouraging, is that Merck has uh, submitted to an FBA panel for consideration for an emergency use authorization for an antiviral pill to treat COVID. Uh, Pfizer has one also they're trying to uh, get uh, reviewed and, and pushed forward called Paxlovid. And I believe the Merck pill, at least in particular, is already being used, as I understand, in the UK. And I think both of those measures are an encouraging sign. Because as we've been staying, stating for quite a while here at the water cooler, that this is not something that we will be able to inoculate away. Uh, despite what the propagandists might lead you to believe, this is not something that's going to be going away because of vaccines like smallpox and, and, uh, and polio. And it's not something that we are going to be able to completely prevent the spread of. So it seems prudent that we'd want to finally put some efforts into the treatment of this thing. Again, we were told that if we were, you know, got our vaccination levels up, certain certain level, we'll get to herd immunity. <sighs> Not sure that's how it works, but at least there seems to be on some circles some efforts to 
fight the or to to fight it on from a treatment standpoint, which seems to be an encouraging sign because up until this point, if you've wanted to uh, push treatment benefits from ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, you were branded a kook. You said you were you were eating horse paste or taking horse dewormer or whatever it is. So the fact that these two con- companies are are trying to get a treatment for it, an antiviral treatment, I think that is an encouraging sign. So fingers crossed that 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 will put some minds at ease and and will make the panic level subside a bit. Although the madness within the political circles does not seem to slow at all. I saw over the weekend the Fauci cult was in full effect. That guy just cannot seem to get his little Weasley face off of the talk show circuit. And this past weekend, I thought it was he, he kept making a, a consistent point, which really showed nothing short of his just uncontrolled hubris. And he kept saying that I represent the science as though he himself were the embodiment of science. And science always seems to be that dog whistle term that all things are known and settled and complete. And don't you dare question me because I am science and blah, 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 blah. Well, dude has been wrong at pretty much everything he has said along the way. And honestly, not just with this virus, but you can go back to the 80s and how wrong he was uh, with regarding HIV and AIDS and the fact that he has been able to stay in power as an unelected bureaucrat is something that I will never be able to understand. But here we are. I also saw a very bizarre episode from Nancy Mace. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Mace is a, a Republican uh, member of the House of Representatives from South Carolina. Uh, she took to the cable news uh, circuit, and on Fox, she was touting the the virtues of natural immunity to you know for, regarding this virus. And then within hours, she was on CNN touting vaccines and mandates. How these clowns think that they have any shred of uh, of credibility with us is beyond me. The fact that she thinks she can do this and not be called out on it is I just I don't understand. They must think we are some kind of stupid. But it's something that shows me just what little credibility these clowns have and the last people in the world we should be listening to regarding just about anything, but especially in this uh, this virus and, and how we should be handling it. I mean, these clowns have botched it from day one. It's almost been two years. I, I, I think we need to move on from them. But you know, and Nancy Mace was a perfect example of how and why we should do that. Now, the the Waukesha attacks, you remember we talked about this last week in, at the water cooler and just a horrific scene when this, this guy guns his SUV and mows down 40 people in a, a parade, a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. That went quite quick, didn't it? You know, for such a brutal and horrific incident at a Christmas parade, um, the fact that that went away so quickly 
is something that I found very, very curious. Not surprising, but very, very curious. And curious for a number of reasons. First and foremost, you know, the the media's uh, compulsion to describe this attack is anything but an attack, and to forego any specificity of the perpetrator of this attack. You know, calling it an an accident or a crash, a car crash, or saying that, you know, an SUV went through a parade or hurt people in a parade. Uh, It was just, it's bizarre, not surprising, but really, really weird. Now, why would that be? Now, again, it's only been a little over a week since this uh, horrific attack happened. And and, although the man has been, been arrested and charged, uh, for the six counts of murder and other you know, counts of attempted murder and so on. But the fact that the driver was a black man and the fact that this driver had on his social media account racist uh, sentiment against uh, white people, anti-Christian uh, sentiment, um also unironically quoting and praising Hitler. (laughs) You know, you would think that under normal circumstances, anybody who had this type of background and this thing posted on their personal social media would have the media's hair on fire. I mean, think of how in the aftermath of of Kyle Rittenhouse, how they were looking for anything and everything. The fact that he had posed in one of his social media pages with his AR-15, the fact that you know, that he he was in a picture with somebody with the OK sign, and that was some kind of racist dog whistle. I mean, they obsessed over these just really weird and obscure things that they tried to bend and, and put some nefarious intent on. But here you have a guy who... All indications seem to be that he had some very overt, angry, racist sentiments that would likely explain why he did what he did. And the fact that you still have many kids still in the hospital recovering from uh, their injuries from that attack. But it's kind of fallen very quietly. Although what hasn't fallen quietly is the shooting the other day in Oxford High School in Michigan. A 15-year-old, I won't say his name, but a 15-year-old shot 11 kids and so far four of them have died. It's just a, a really, really sad, sad uh, uh, incident, a sad attack that happened. Um, you know, four, four young kids died. Um, Tace Meyer, 16, Hannah St. Julian, 14, Madison Baldwin, 17, Justin Schilling, 15. Um, Just heartbreaking that these kids died. In fact, in the case of Tace Meyer, from what I understand, again, this is something that's so new, not many details have really been have been made known yet, although the, the, the kid was charged as an adult uh, today on those four counts of murder and other accounts of attempted murder. But in the case of Tace Meyer, from what I understand, 
he died trying to disarm the shooter. You know, the kid died a hero. As, as tragic and sad as he is, you know, you can at least find some, you know, comfort in acts of heroism and you can honor that kid who, you know, died trying to save uh, his classmates and, you know, died a hero, shouldn't have died. It's It's just tremendously sad. And there are, again, some other initial whispers coming out that this kid was was bullied yeah it doesn't doesn't make it right doesn't justify it in in my mind but i'm sure there'll be more you know to come from this story but you know it's heartbreaking it's sad um but what is infuriating about this i mean before the the shooter's name and identity was known immediately the twitter rot was frothing at the mouth calling out white kids and and you know, these racist attacks and blah 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 and I, I believe from what i understand the shooter was white and the, and the four kids that died were white i don't know about any of the other kids that were injured but immediately they were calling for gun control they were calling for you know the parents to be arrested they were calling you know for you know, white supremacy and blah 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 well in the case of of waukesha wisconsin just a week ago they were loath to give any specifics. And if you think back to the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, you know, the Twitterati was frothing at the mouth saying, well, if this were you know, a, a black shooter, he would be you know, given the death sentence, he'd be good in life in prison and so on and so forth. Well, remember that kid in Arlington, Texas, who after a fight with a classmate, uh, you know, shot, I think, three kids in school I don't believe any of them died, but um, later that day he was out on bail and was you know, posting a family party on social media. And here, uh, this kid here was charged as an adult that with, within a day. So, you know, you take all that into account. I think these screeching and and ranting and raving about uh, you know white privilege and and the systemically racist uh, society and justice system you know it doesn't seem to really hold water when you look at these very high profile cases from Kyle Rittenhouse to the Oddman Arbery case um, to this one um, to the the kid in Arlington Texas it doesn't follow that mainstream narrative it's, i think it's, it's very very interesting and it kind of really in my mind gives very little credibility to the ranting and raving that we tend to hear when any of these uh, these you know, sad cases happen now lastly this week there are a number of very interesting trials that are underway and that I will want to keep an eye on. Um, you know, the first is the one of officer or former officer Kimberly Potter, who is the Minnesota police officer who who shot and killed a driver who, at, you know, from the narrative at the time, where she had mistakenly you know shot him, where she thought she was trying to tase him. Again, that that one led to some some rioting and protests, but uh, that died away pretty quickly. Although that was within within miles of, of George Floyd. So, of course, that was going to happen. I haven't really heard from it much since, and I'm, I'm interested to see 
you know, what happens with that trial. If anything comes out that uh, gives us any clear indication whether, you know, she should justly be, you know, you know convicted of, of murder, attempted murder, or, or you know, something along those lines. Or is this something that was uh, just a really tragic and sad accident? I don't know. Um, but we'll see what happens as we get you know, in some details of that case. Although it's again, just like the Edmund Aubrey case, you haven't, uh, haven't haven't had too a lot of uh, details that were were as readily accessible as it was from like the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial. But now also uh, on the fun side of, of the trial circuit, the Jussie Smollett trial is kicking off here in Chicago. And boy, that one's fun, isn't it? <laughs> not, and not just that what, what happened and, and his, his uh, hoax of a, a racial attack and, and Kim Fox you know, dropping all, all charges and, and not proceeding with that and then it being picked up again. But just the fact that this dude was so deluded in thinking that he could allege that overnight in Chicago in January, when it was like 20 below zero, that two dudes, two rednecks in, in MAGA hats would attack him with a noose and bleach saying, this is MAGA country in the loop in Chicago, just off a of Navy pier, that that was going to be something that would fly. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Good Lord. I don't know. That's it's, uh, that one's fun. That one's fun. And, and it's given us the, the gift of any other hoax of, of being a Jesse incident, whether it's, you know, Jesse Wallace and, and the alleged noose and, and NASCAR and, and so on. Any, any of these hoaxes, these race baiters, you know, just like Watergate is, in, is, has given us the, the gate suffix of, of any scandal. You know, Jussie is now a prefix of all, of all hoax cases. It's just, it's just delicious. I love it. So we'll, we'll see how, how that one goes. I, I, I can't fathom that, uh, he thinks, or that, I know he thinks, but th- that his, his narrative is gonna, gonna win over. I don't know. But again, it is Chicago and, we are as corrupt as it gets here in the United States, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Also this week, the Ghislaine Maxwell case has kicked off. You know, she was the the number one of Jeffrey Epstein and that just disgusting and vile uh, trafficking and and molestation and 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 sexual assaults and on these young girls and and farming them out to their rich friends. It is just absolutely disgusting. Again, I'm of the opinion that Jeff Epstein did not kill himself. I am also of the opinion that Bill Clinton and Bill Gates and Prince Andrew are probably not the biggest fish in this case. I am sure there are a lot of huge names, wealthy people that we may not even be familiar with, but they are are wealthy, they're influential, and they are also entangled in this sucker. And I, I, I tell you, I wish Ghislaine would talk and and do, try for a plea deal. But I don't know. We, we'll see how it goes. I, although I did find it funny that, I don't know if you saw that, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell at one point gave a TED Talk. 
<laughs> Again, I think that TED Talks are completely absurd. I think they're ridiculous. Again, it's probably my cynical Gen X nature. Again, I'm, I'm not one for poetry either, so I'm not going to be inspired by some goofy TED Talk. It seems to be something that people without religion kind of uh, are attracted to because they don't have religion in their life. And this is something that kind of gives them that same type of effect of having a faith or, or you know, having some kind of a spiritual side on some level. And uh, kind of weird and bizarre. But here is this serial child molester and child trafficker giving a TED Talk. So you know, keep that in mind the next time you feel inspired listening to one of those suckers. Um, but coincidentally enough, as that trial kicks off, CEOs of Twitter resigned. Jack Dorsey resigned. The Twitter of, or the CEO of MSNBC uh, resigned, and uh, some others. Um, could be pure happenstance. I don't know, but uh, it, I would imagine there are a lot of very rich, very wealthy people who have very sweaty collars uh, this week as as that trial kicks off. Whether or not she'll name names, I have no idea, but it will be interesting to see. Again, I think she is depraved. Everything that happened is just disgusting, and you know, you feel for those poor, you know, underprivileged girls that they took advantage of. Um, it is absolutely disgusting. But I mentioned before that you know Jack Dorsey is uh, resigning from Twitter, and the new CEO is a man by the name of Perig Argawal. I believe he's like thirty-eight or thirty-nine. If we thought that censorship on Twitter was bad under Jack Dorsey, it seems like it's only going to get worse under Mr. Argawal. I mean, this is somebody who, although he's claiming uh, a satirical take, but has had some very troubling things to say on the issues of of uh, race and racism and, and censorship. Um, and within a day, Twitter changes its policy regarding uh, pictures and videos you know, being posted without you know, the consent of whoever's in them. I mean, really essentially neutering any kind of independent journalism. So all, you know, all the tapes that were put out in the wake of the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, shooting would not be allowed anymore. I mean, and it, that, that independent media is what got that story out there. It's what got you know, the knowledge of, of the facts out there. And was able to ultimately prove Kyle to be found not guilty. But that's not going to be available anymore. I mean, it's, it's really, really scary and weird you know, how totalitarian these big tech platforms are becoming. And if we thought that it was going to get better when the likes of Jack Dorsey resigned and moved on, it does not seem to be the case. It seems like it's only going to get worse. And lastly, also very interestingly enough, in the Supreme Court has started hearing arguments regarding challenges to uh, Roe v. Wade. It seems like the the best challenge to that law since it was passed when we were just we lads and you know, 60 million plus uh Pregnancies have been terminated in the United States since then, which is just it boggles the mind. And again, I, I know that's something that just causes some people to absolutely froth at the mouth. I am someone who is very much you know pro-life, having had uh, children of my own. I, I can't fathom 
uh, terminating, you know, the life of an unborn child. It's something that that baffles me. But that notwithstanding, um, it's it's not something that I think that has any merit being legislated from the Supreme Court. I don't think it's something that is is justly pushed from Washington. It's not something, as far as I'm concerned, that is spelled out as a right in the Constitution. And, and I believe Clarence Thomas even kind of alluded as such today in his questioning of uh, those trying to defend it. He was you know, saying, you know, show me where this is called out as a right in the Constitution. And I think that is absolutely spot on. And I think everybody, who, if they're going to have any kind of moment of honesty, they're going to acknowledge that, no, it's not spelled out anywhere in the Constitution, which under under the 10th Amendment means that it would be pushed down to the state level, which is something that I think it should it should be. It should be addressed at the state level. And does that mean that across the country, within the blink of an eye, abortion is going to be illegal and outlawed? Well, of course not. You know, I, I would imagine what that means is that in the likes of, like, say, Texas, when, when that law was was upheld you know, just a couple months ago. Effectively, what that means is now states can make their own laws. And I would imagine, you know, much like marijuana laws, you will have some states that have it completely legal under all circumstances. You'll have some states that have it completely banned in all or most circumstances. And then somewhere in the middle, most states will fall under. And if, you know, just like any any other issue, if, if it's something that you don't like and that you want to get away from, you move and, and go to a state that's more towards uh, towards your speed. If it's something that you like, then you stay and 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 you continue to vote for and elect local leadership that uphold your values, whether it's that or or marijuana or whatever. Again, it, it's something that's not completely spelled out in the Articles of the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. Therefore it falls onto the states. And I think that's something that should have been done 50 years ago. We seem to be very much behind the curve. And there are a lot of people who will say, well, it's settled law. It's been on the books for 50 years. Why are we, why are we uh, challenging it now? Well, you know, Plessy versus Ferguson, you know, the separate but equal. You know, that was, that was uh, established law. That was, that was something that was in place for you know, 50 plus years as well. Until it was determined that, you know, that was unconstitutional. So, you know, these things can and should change. And it's it's something that's long overdue, I believe, to be kicked back to the states and let it be handled on a local level. But, you know, of course, that's not going to be good enough for so many on the left because, you know, abortion seems to be their holy sacrament. And, and boy, if there's a baby to be killed, they seem to really, really want it to happen. Again, I'm I'm quite skeptical whether or not that will be struck down because the the backlash will be so swift and so harsh. But who knows? We'll see where that goes. But you know, a lot of interesting things happening on the the trial circuit. Just uh, you know, keeping things spicy just before the holidays. So with that, I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I hope you had fun with your family and friends and are able to get into the holiday spirit as we end this. Uh, Second year in a row of just a, a hellscape of a, a of a year, and and see if maybe things can kind of turn around and and get better in 2022. But you know, I'm thinking probably not. But in the meantime, I'll at least uh, 
get ready for the holidays, get ready to have a, a little bit of fun with the kids, with the family, and and get more uh, drinks of water with you, all fellow Gen Xers at the water cooler. So, until next time, uh, shout out to Jack Ritter, and we'll see you next time here at the water cooler. Until then, whatever.